Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, Becky. Hey, John. What's happening? I'm just so excited because... <laughs> You, you know when you make new friends in kindergarten and you just like, <laughs> you you meet like the most amazing people and you're thinking like, I just want to hang with this person because their ethos is so good and their humanity is so large. Like we're kicking it back to kindergarten with one of the nicest, most kind individuals who just happens to run a company. Yep. So Max has pulled himself up in our sandbox here in kindergarten <laughs> and we forced him to come over and hang out with us. Yes. So guys, we I, are... You know, I, I met my best friend in kindergarten, so it's, it's a good oh, sign. Oh, my perfect. gosh. That you might be didn't a perfect even know lead that. In. That That's is awesome. amazing. Well, you know, we love hearing founder stories. And Max, if you don't know Max Friedman, he's our guest today. He's the co-founder and CEO of GiveButter. If you don't know him, you definitely probably have heard of GiveButter. They power thousands, tens of thousands of organizations, online giving, online. And they're just disruptive because, you know what? They started in a college dorm, and he's going to tell the story of how this happened but very much people first, very much all the value alignment that, you know, you hear from us that we talk about. That's the thing that has really stuck out with us with Max and his team. when we've gotten the chance to get to know them a little bit is that, you know, they deeply care about our passions and the values of just putting donors first. And it's just, it's going to be a wonderful conversation. So we're really excited to have Max here today. He's also legends dairy. And notice that I said dairy because he drops the puns like nobody's business about butter. So I want you to be listening for those. I'm going to keep a small tally over here. But Max is, uh, let me give you just a little bit about his his bio. He started Give Butter in his dorm room, I said, in 2016. And it's now grown to one of the fastest growing and number one rated nonprofit fundraising platforms. According to GitApp, G2, all the software ranking and review systems put Give Butter at the top because people just love the platform. Max is also the proud new dog dad of Give Butter's official mascot, Buttercup. Princess Butterpup, you know, (laughs) and if you are not following her on Instagram, you are missing out on the cutest part of your day. Absolutely. So Max, thanks for joining us today. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, thank you both. It's, it's awesome to, to just chat for, you know, with like-minded with folks and, and, uh, I really, um, I love what y'all are doing. So I'm glad to be here. We appreciate it. Well, mm-hmm. would you kind of tell us a little bit about your story? I mean, maybe you need to start in kindergarten because that's pretty legendary <laughs> alone that you met your best friend in kindergarten. But just tell us a story of Give Butter and how do you ended up being in this space today? Yeah, and I, I do hope we churn puns out throughout the course of this okay. episode. I'm going to tell you, I'm one and you're zero so far, so I'm keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, shout out to Jonah if you're listening, my best friend from kindergarten, and, and you both, you three. Um, Hi, Jonah. But we... Hey. Yeah, go Jonah. Um, we we started Give Butter in my junior year of college. Before that, though, um, I got really hooked on starting a company. My freshman year of college, I got into coding and built this app called Happening. Um, and channeling my inner Scott Harrison, uh, I'll fast <laughs> forward and say that I ended up sort of turning that event app into more. I basically ended up like a club promoter, um, just trying <laughs> to like get the app Harrison. off the ground. I was standing. I went to Washington. 
DC for college at George Washington University and a lot of the events on the app kind of lent lent themselves to the nightlife scene. Not really why I started the app, but that's kind of where, where it went. And um, when that sort of started winding down, I was looking for what to do next. And I never really thought about it too, too, too much at the time, but I definitely was sort of searching for where can I make my impact? Um, how can I use these skills that I've learned in coding and technology and that passion for entrepreneurship and do good? Um, but I had no idea what that looked like. And so I picked up some side projects. I moved in with two roommates named Ari Krasner and Leron Cohen, uh, who ended up being my co-founders. Um, we built this website called originally, this is sort of a fun fact that I've never really shared. I mean, people who saw it at the time would know, but the original name of the site was The Big Cash Game, um, <laughs> which quickly pivoted to We Give Two because of poor branding. Um, basically, it was uh, like an online sweepstakes. Uh, you could go on the site and uh, we had a pool of money and you could win. And if you won, part of it would go to charity. And everyone that was uh, uh, sort of pooling the money got a place on the site as like an advertisement. And part of those proceeds went to charity too. So um the truth is that the charity piece was a little bit like a gimmick. It was just to kind of like spin up the virality of this idea of, of this, this sort of silly sweepstakes, like a, like a bulletin board of ads with, with a enter your email to win sort of thing. Um, but the charity piece was the most interesting part of what we were doing. Uh, we had a lot of nonprofits reach out. We ended up getting some press in the Washington post. Um, and we were learning more and more about the fundraising space generally. And the gap between a lot of the sort of, uh, the nonprofit space and the younger generations who want to be involved, want to give back, but aren't really sure how or how to get involved. And so that's like the genesis for Give Butter. Uh, it's a very roundabout origin story, but uh, not so much in terms of, yes, we were in a college dorm room and, and that is where the, the company officially got started. And, I love founder stories. I know. I feel like y'all were like Facebook. You know, I was like about to around. say, this is like the healthier <laughs> version. This is the version. much healthier yes. version of a founding story than Facebook is. But I, you know, I read that Washington Post article, which is really fascinating, and we'll find it and we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I just think that you glommed on to something that I think is very unusual for a young male, whether you're a freshman in college, like under trying to understand this, how do I use this tech and this desire to be an entrepreneur and how do I channel it for good? And I love that you started in the college space because I actually believe that there are so many college age students who are trying to find themselves and trying to discover who they are and what they want to do with their life. And we really just focus so much on the career aspect of that. And it's like, no one is really pouring into the, this is how you can also make a difference or how the two can come together. And that to me is the genius behind Give Butter, that it's just so kind. You're starting um, in these like formative ages and you're getting people excited and you're getting, you're giving them that drug of serving somebody else and understanding how good it feels. Um, and so I just really applaud you guys. And I just think it's so fantastic. And I, and I wonder where that came from. How did you decide that I want to start leveraging the stream I have for good? Yeah, I, I think that a lot of it was like, we, we were in student groups at George Washington University that raised money for their own mission or raised money for charity. Um, it was very prevalent on campus, uh, just raising money. And it was interesting because when we had the sort of seed of an idea for Give Butter, it was very easy to get some early wins with people who were just like, yeah, sure, I use fill in the gap, you know, uh, fundraising platform. 
I'll try what you're doing. That's, that's easy. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. And, uh, over time, uh, you know, it made a lot of sense for, since we had that use case right in front of us, but also a lot of our friends were in other universities to build an ambassador program where, uh, the mantra there was spread the butter and they were all called butter ambassadors. <laughs> we had over 300 butter ambassadors on different college campuses. That was a lot of fun. And that's where we got started. And it's been cool as we've grown that those same people have gone on and joined nonprofits and started nonprofits and are continuing to, to, to get involved with giving and fundraising very broadly. Um, so that, that's been interesting to see that progression as like going from, you know, 80% of our user base being students to that totally shifting and being much more on the nonprofit, traditional nonprofit side, uh, institutional, you know, actual incorporated nonprofits, not just the general group fundraising, but we definitely still have a ton of that. And I think, uh, that sort of spark of giving is the like through line is everything from why we started the company to our, you know, little butter mascot is it's all about having fun and building community and, and giving in whatever way that you can as a, maybe that's a peer to peer fundraiser. Maybe that's starting a fundraising campaign. Maybe that's donating, or maybe that's just raising awareness for a good cause. Like we, we want to be a, a voice to all that or empower all that um, through the stuff that we do, but also the things that we build and the people that we work with. Um, you can, I'm beaming cause you can imagine why we had such alignment with Max and his team because we we're with you. I mean, community is everything. You guys were harnessing this belief um, first through your friends, but just this kind of viral growth of your company. And I love that, you know, last time we chatted with you is just that the way that you've optimized and improved is that you're just listening and you are being responsive to those needs. So you're not this, you know, huge company that's not willing to pivot or try things, but y'all are just in this space of, we're going to provide the best product that these nonprofits need. And you're just here to build that, you know, and to keep adapting and growing. So I love that mindset that y'all just all embody so much. Um, for people that are new to give butter, would you kind of give us what makes y'all different? And, you know, I think y'all have really disrupted the space in a lot of ways. What are those key differences? So I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and I learned or did a little bit of research scrolling through the, like, you know, Google fundraising platforms and just scrolling through the list of results. And I think we are the only fundraising platform with a mascot. I don't think any other platform has a mascot. And Uh, that's why I would choose. And that is the gift better difference. (laughs) So that's a good one. Um, We, we really think about two things that give butter more than anything else. Um, They're very simple. It's just people product. People product is like something that we repeat all the time. Um, And there's like internal and external variations of that. But I just don't think there's any other company and this is not a super tangible thing, but is as devoted to the people uh, who work at GiveButter and, and use GiveButter uh, in their communities as, as we as we do. I just don't think you'll find another platform that says people-centric as GiveButter. And I don't think you'll also find one that says product-centric. A lot of the pro- platforms in our space have sort of other goals. They focus on dollars. They focus on sales. Uh, we very much subscribe to this movement in the tech space of products-led growth. And a lot of that comes back to listening to your customers, um, building to their needs, uh, not subscribing them, forcing them into annual contracts and hiding your pricing. Uh, anyone that signs up for GiveButter can just come through the front door and we'll welcome you in with open arms uh, and you can try out the product and see if it works for you. Um, it's not even a trial. It's actually free. Uh, we totally run our business off of the optional tips from donors that can support the platform, or you can turn those off and have a platform fee, but otherwise 
you know, we don't think that has to come at the cost of, of the, the value that you get from, from the platform. So anyway, customer service, putting the people first, but also the product and, and having that sort of steer our direction. Um, and then I like seeing the mascot thing too, just cause it's like, we, we like to have fun. I think that you'll find a lot of platforms don't really prioritize that either that, um, you know, giving is something that should bring people together uh, and build community. And I think it's, it's not been as much of a focus for a long time, understandably, just in that the nonprofit sector can move slower and, and be a little bit more risk averse, which can make sense to some degree. Um, but also, you know, not prioritizing the giving experience also makes sense to some degree when you can still meet in person and do a lot of in-person things. But now when our experience is hybrid or totally remote or, um, you know, that stuff just matters so much more. And I think we deliver on that, uh, that giving experience for not just the admin, the person who's setting it up and making sure it integrates into their CRM. We do that, but the donor, what's their experience look like? What, how do they engage with your cause? We care a lot about that. And I just love that like being fun, I'm using my air quotes, is such an easy way to humanize. Because I, I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this. But you know, the last time that we all visited, we were uh, talking about how there were a lot of people that came and hated on Give Better for the name alone. And I just think that that is such old thinking. It's small thinking, because you've created whimsy. And with what you've done, you've made it fun. You're in a crowdfunding space. There is nothing about that that should be buttoned up and formal and corporate. I mean, it should be whimsy. That is why we're all kind of pulling into community is because we want to we want to have fun with each other. We want to have a great time while we're doing good. And and so I just want to like give Mr. Butter, you know, his time <laughs> in the sun, um, but even though sun. he'll melt. Yeah, um, there we go. Okay, great. <laughs> All right, I've done my one. I'm not going to do another one. But I I, I want to just applaud that because this is why we love you guys. I mean, you're so much our people, you're disruptors, you're innovators. That was really unexpected. And I think just even you saying that we have a mascot is different. Somebody might think that's really kitschy, but it's actually really imperative because if you're going to humanize your company and you're going to show, we're not just a bunch of people sitting in ties in a back room trying to like count our beans. We're actually like committed to making this experiential, to making it an incredible experience. And we want your, we want you to love it so much that you keep coming back, that you keep fundraising for the causes that are important to you. So I, my hat's off to you. I totally get what you guys are doing and we are here for it and we love the disruption of it. And I don't want you to miss, I mean, Max, I know y'all went like on a pivot at some point and said, no, we're going to do this completely free. I mean, that took some guts. I mean, from a CEO perspective to say, we are going to trust in the kindness and goodness of people that they're going to support this platform from the tips that y'all call it. I just think that's a really interesting, powerful move y'all made. And clearly the winner on this is the nonprofit and the donor side. But would you talk about that moment? I'm just so curious of when you said and doubled down on that because it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um as a brief history, we started off, the platform has always been free to use from a, a functional standpoint. You can, you can sign up and create an account and, and um, use all the features that we have to offer without paying anything out of pocket. We've always taken a fee on the dollars raised. Uh, part of that's credit card processing fees. You see those everywhere. They're unavoidable. Uh, and that usually ranges from like 2.2 to 2.9%. Um, 
we've always made that transparent. We've always given donors the option to cover those. And then there's the platform fee, which is how we support what we do. And we've played with that in different ways. We started off with this model where the more you donated, the smaller the percentage fee was. And we've done things where we break it out per product, um, whether you're doing a form or a fundraising campaign or an event. And then we have to give a hat tip to GoFundMe who introduced sort of tips to the mass market as a concept, uh, which I believe before that was Ucaring, which they acquired. Um, and so they kind of normalized to some extent seeing tips in donation forms. Uh, the thing that they didn't do though, that I think is really important is they sort of forced a model on their community. They said, we're going to keep processing fees hidden and we're going to ask people to tip. And so what that resulted in is and still today, if you run a GoFundMe campaign, uh, not on the GoFundMe charity side, which is shutting down, unfortunately, um, but on the main platform side, GoFundMe, you'll see an option to tip the platform. And at the end of the day, if you raise $10,000, GoFundMe takes 300 of that. They take 3% their processing fee. For GiveButter, what we do is we give, everyone has control. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, you can hide platform process, sorry, processing fees. You can show processing fees. You can even require that donors cover a processing fee. And if you don't like the tip option, you can turn that off too. And there's just a very market rate platform fee added uh, based on the features that you're using. Um, we don't charge for anything else and, and except for things like custom branding and, and, and priority support. Um, but the thing I want to get back to your question on is we actually introduced this in the very beginning of COVID, this sort of experimental tip feature. And we were specifically enabling it for organizations that were impacted by COVID as like a, and, and during the George Floyd uh, racial uh, justice um, events happening. And we wanted to uplift uh, and include more communities in what we had to offer. And we wanted price not to be, you know, fees or costs to be a reason why they weren't able to do it. But it was so successful with those organizations that we just actually rolled it out across the whole platform. Um, and so that's kind of where it, where it started. And we had some innovative thinking for how could we support, could we do this sort of experimental model that just relies on generosity? We don't have any way to monetize other than if people leave these tips and uh, it worked out. So um, yeah, as of, I think December of last year, we just rolled out that model site-wide where people can use every feature we have to offer without paying anything out of pocket and totally relying on those tips. On behalf of the $1.5 million or million nonprofits <laughs> in the U.S. alone, I want to thank you for doing that because that was such a forward-thinking, generous uh, move. And it's really allowing missions to do more with their dollars. And I just really appreciate your out-of-the-box thinking um, on that. Hey friends, this episode is presented by Virtuous, and they just happen to be one of our favorite companies. Let me tell you why. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you see and activate donors at every level. And here's the thing, Virtuous created a fundraising platform to help you do just that. It's much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous is committed to helping charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, which is simply putting the donor at the center of fundraising growing giving through personalized donor journeys, and by helping you respond to the needs of every individual. We love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sound like Virtuous may be a fit for your organization? Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes.
I want to like paint paint a picture for our listeners because everybody that's that works in a nonprofit has a group of we call them rabid fans. You know, people who love your mission. They want to go to bat for your mission. When you ask for help, they're the first ones to raise their hand. So, could you walk us through like a client success story of someone who leveraged your platform to create a meaningful impact for the nonprofit that meant the most to them? Because we really want to make sure that our listeners know how they could empower those rabid fans to use a platform like give better to do more for their mission. Yeah. I'd love to, I, I'd love to give two examples actually. Go for it. I have one in mind. That's not a nonprofit, but I can give an easy nonprofit one that I love. Do both. Um, so one that jumps to mind is uh, it's actually a restaurant called Rasa. It's in DC, Washington, DC. And like many small businesses, super impacted by the pandemic. Um, but they were very innovative in that they wanted to find a way to support their business, keep keep themselves going, keep their employees staffed, um, but also to try to find a way to help people who are even more in need, healthcare workers who weren't finding time to eat meals or people who are just impacted economically who were uh, unable to afford good meals uh, for themselves. And they actually ran a fundraising campaign on GiveButter that empowered them to keep their staff employed uh, through the dollars that they raised, but then actually use those funds to give away, their original goal was 5,000 meals, which was at a $24,000, $12,000, 24, they got a matching get, uh, grant. So it might've been double that, but about 12,000 or $24,000 raised. And they actually raised $75,000 on GiveButter. Oh, wow. um, and that was all about the community, like community, community, community. Uh, they, they basically said, here's what we want to do. Here's our story. We'd love to invite you to support us and what we're trying to accomplish. And people came, people gave, people engaged. Um, one of the cool things about GiveButter is that we've got this really great supporter feed where people can leave GIFs and drawings when they donate and photos and messages of support and emojis and all the things that you'd expect or want when you want to share, you know, share with others what you care about in, in, in this, in this cause. And um, I think that was a huge part of their success was seeing seeing that sort of social community online of of who you're engaging with and, and participating with. So that's the restaurant example. The nonprofit example is called Humans for Education. I've been involved with them since day one. Actually, Daphne, the founder, signed up for our mailing list when we were so small that I was looking at every single person that was subscribing to our newsletter. And I was just reaching out and saying, hey, like I saw that you subscribed. It was one of the first like .org domains that actually subscribed to our newsletter. And I ended up actually joining their board and they've been involved since the early days. And they actually, um, we didn't have a donation form product for a, for a while, a uh, way to embed donation forms on your site. And they ended up using DonorBox, uh, which is a competitor of ours, uh, which was totally understandable because we didn't support things like recurring donations or embeddable forms. So they ended up doing that. And I was really excited when this year they actually came back around and, and moved everything back onto GiveButter. And what I love about that is a nonprofit like Humans for Education can centralize their peer-to-peer fundraising, their donation forms, their event ticketing, their virtual events, all the stuff that you want to do to engage your donors online and ask, or just at least generate awareness for whatever projects and campaigns and your mission that you're trying to accomplish, GiveButter can put that all under one roof. And so they're a great example of a nonprofit that's been able to do that all in one place without having to have multiple tools, multiple data sources and having a sort of unified experience for their community across all the different types of campaigns and things that they want to do. Way to go, Daphne. 
for signing up. And way to go, Max, <laughs> for like personalizing that relationship, right? which I can just tell from the way that you're talking about her that you guys have a great like professional friendship now because of how leaned in you were early on. P.S. John and I are completely in the throes of looking at every person who subscribes to our email list That's too. Our text so. or Instagram follower. We're geeking out. Yeah. Whenever somebody follows yeah. Us, so and it really just feels awesome. good like to be seen and for somebody to see you and to acknowledge that you're here. And I just could think that that would be really powerful to Max to reach out to her and say, how can we help? So great stories. I love that. I even love the restaurant story. That was wonderful. Related to this, uh, anyone who's interested, we've been doing these video features of success stories on our site, pretty much one a week. It's on our, it's on our blog. Um, and we, Rachel on our team just does these sort of video interviews. And I, I could have picked any of those. There's like 40 or 50 at this point, And they're just so amazing. Um, the sort of stories, but I always Daphne in the humans for education team has a special place in my heart for sure. For just like, they've, they're probably the longest, like they've, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary, like, you know, Daphne's five years on Give Butter, and that's just really cool to to see how that's grown and, and developed. And as their nonprofit's grown and the things they've been able to accomplish is really cool. Awesome. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, you know, you're pioneers in the crowdfunding space. I feel like what you're doing in that is really um, kind of leading edge and definitely the terms of the tech pieces of it. What have you you know, learned from crowdfunding? What is the power of it? What is kind of the secret sauce of what makes one campaign work, whereas another one, maybe not so much? Shed some of your wisdom after tens of thousands of campaigns running through y'all's platform. um, The success stories have lots of that. Um, (laughs) They're the real experts. For me, I see definitely a few things with, with crowdfunding that are that are tried and true um, since day one. And, and it's why we've built some of the features and prioritized some of the things that we have with like the supporter feed, for example. Um, people give to people. Like the number one reason we see people giving on GiveButter is because someone they know asked them to. Yeah. And we can only help so much with that. But what we can do is that when they get there, they see, you know, John and Becky and Julie, and they're, they're like, Oh, I like, I see my people, you know, I'm here, I'm part of this community and I, and I want to be involved with that. It's not, you know, I like to say like buying something on Amazon where you're sort of, it's like a checkout flow and then you like add to cart. So putting the people at the forefront, um, not even always necessarily, um, cause everyone's giving because of the mission. Like no one's like, I don't support that, like actively anti that. And I'm not going to give like everyone, if you're giving, you're donating, you're, you're, you're supporting that mission and you care about it. But the thing that I think most people, I'm not to like put them at uh, competitive with each other, but I think it's by, by prioritizing the people in your community, bringing them together, whether that's part of the campaign or just highlighting those, those stories uh, is something I think people don't focus on enough or approach enough. Um, There's the classics, the goal, the urgency uh, elements of like any successful crowdfunding campaign that I always encourage people to, to have. but it's so different for every organization. I want to be able to be like, here's the like golden goose sort of like piece of <laughs> advice that's going to make all your fundraising dreams come true. I think just sticking to the people and leveraging them, like a lot of people think about acquiring new donors or growing outside of their existing base. You got to start with the people that you have, you know, and, and, and building those relationships and getting them to then go one layer deeper and one layer deeper. And it's not about posting on Facebook. Like that's just not going to create a retained long-term donor. It's like 
even when you get that new donor, what happens then? What's the relationship that you're building then? You know, how are you reaching out and calling? And it's same same way that Daphne's been around for five years. Like there's so many parallels to the way that we built a business that I'm sure a lot of nonprofits could take away where when you get that new newsletter subscriber, like, are you calling them? Are you reaching out? You know, because that person could become a supporter that changes your whole world in five years, you know, as a case study on your, you know, said about your mission. Uh, like that's that's the kind of thing I think people need to think about is um, first time donor retention, but also uh, focusing on the community. Uh, probably my two like catch all pieces of advice that I'd give, but. Uh, and have a mascot. Oh, always. Yeah. And have a mascot. And have <laughs> <Yeah>. a mascot. <laughs> I just love that it can be so simple as, as to just say, I, at least this is the way I'm visualizing it on, uh, visualizing on someone's website. Do you love us? Do you want to help us? Here's a couple quick ways you could do it without even involving us, you know, like you could crowdfund and here's some three quick steps on how to do that. And mm-hmm. that is so low pressure. And you can say it in a way that is so kind and gentle. That's like, do you just want to keep perpetuating the good work that we're doing? I mean, I have seen this so many times in nonprofit where people say, don't give me my birthday gifts. Don't buy me a Christmas gift, like give to me in this way. And that would actually mean so much more to me. And so just having these little hacks and having these platforms like Give Better, which by the way, I'm going to give a little plug here. They're the only ones that accept Venmo. And I mean, we talk about like you have to have ease of use and no friction, the least amount of friction possible on your giving pages. That's one way that this could be a hack. And I just think that any way that you can help your rabid fans figure out how they can be a light to you because not everybody has a million dollars to give. Not everybody is old enough to start setting up. I guess you could give a plan gift anytime, you know, you could be 20, but it's like, you're just not in that frame of mind. This is a way that we can connect. You don't have to be Gen Z. You don't have to be millennial. You can be anybody to help. And it's a very simple way. So I love this discussion on crowdfunding. So we love to ask each of our guests about a moment in philanthropy that touched them and I'm and, and just stayed with you and has had resonance in your life. I can imagine you are watching thousands of stories go through your company. And I wonder which one is percolating and um, and the one that you might want to share with our community today. Yeah, um, it's a great question. And I, I, I really do have so many that I could could think of one that just sticks out uh and this is a sort of a catch-all for recent events is i'm living in austin texas uh someone has a temporary temporary home and it was one of the first times where i've been a part of i guess you call it like a natural disaster uh there was a lot of power outages we didn't have power for almost a week we had to boil water if we wanted to drink it and conserve water when there was water. Um, we also just had our new puppy buttercup and she had to go through all that <laughs> trauma in our new home. It's like, what are these people doing to me? Um, so that was, that was quite an experience, but then Austin and just Texas sort of relief campaigns were the top campaigns on give butter and seeing, you know, we, we had our own situation that we had to deal with. There were people that were a lot worse off than us in terms of how that affected them. Um, but seeing that like in my own community, the sort of call it like that action oriented fundraising of stepping up and finding uh, ways to provide for those who really needed it uh, in Austin and in Texas was, was really cool to see. And there was a lot, there were five or six campaigns that were at the top of our, we have sort of like a daily active campaigns to see who's, 
who's active and who's raising and what's going on in the platform. And to see that like happening right here where I was, was just very close to home and, and cool to see. So that was something that was pretty recent that I was, uh, it's, it's cool to be able to be a part of that in, in our way. That's, you know, we, I, I think of, you know, I don't, I didn't start a nonprofit. I'm not, I'm not working for a nonprofit the way that our, a lot of our users are. But when I think of how I relate to that sort of user empathy, it's all about like being a change maker. And like, this is my change. Like I'm able to provide a platform that then helps them help people. So it's like, it's like a degree higher or a degree. It's like in a different, you know, there's a chart there that you could probably connect some dots, but um, it's fulfilling for me to, to be able to see those impact stories uh, that are so close to home. I like full circle. I was literally just about to use <laughs> that uh, phrase. Circle, I didn't like the hierarchy there. It's, it's oh, I could circle. see your flow chart as you were describing it, but it really is so <laughs> such a beautiful like anthem to what you've done here that you have created a platform by which is helping so many people. And then all of a sudden your platform is one of the top platforms that is giving back to your community. And thus you could make a gift to through your own platform <laughs> to help people that you know and love. It's just such an epic story. I just love it so much. I do too. It's very meta. I mean, I always love to ask founders, what is your dream for this space, Max? I mean, y'all have already cut through and I, I'm sure what you were sitting in y'all's apartment dreaming of what this thing could be, didn't have an idea that it could be as big as it is today. Where, where does Max go next with Give Butter? What's your dreams? It oscillates sometimes between day and night. Like I'm, I would say right now, like I'm living the dream. Like, you know, like we, we've, we've, I'm so proud of the team that we've built and uh, our building and the product that we built and the community that we get to work with. Like I can't, you know, it's like, I, I definitely have dreams beyond, but during the day, it's like, I think I, I think I'm living it uh, just to, to appreciate that. I, I think that it's answer, nice. Um, <laughs> beyond that, like, and then at night where I'm sort of like, what's, you know, <laughs> uh, I have downtime and I'm like, hmm, the what's existential, going on? I what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, I think the dream for Give Butter would to be synonymous when you think of like email marketing, you think of MailChimp, you know, when you think of event ticketing, you think of Eventbrite. Like I want to think of people when they think about giving to think about Give Butter. And today we do crowdfunding and we do events and we do uh, forms, but I, I really think that there's so much that can still be improved in giving and that we're doing all those things, but I think we could be doing them even better. And yeah, there's a lot of that just sort of just getting started feel happening at give butter. I think we're, we're putting together a really cool team. And uh, the biggest learning for me is just like as someone who's been doing the work for four years and then have such growth in this last sort of fifth year um, scaling and, and seeing where other people take it is the coolest thing in the world. Like we're, we're not, um, like the best thing I can do to sort of support the company is to just like open up my arms and just welcome in amazing people who then go and make give butter their own. And, and uh, I can help them. You know, that's, that, that's, that's what I'm really excited about is I think that team that we're going to build and um, the impact that they'll have and seeing that scale. I mean, this is, that was a true entrepreneur, like purest kind of a response, like never being content always adapting, always trying to find creative ways to do things differently. And the fact that you're keeping like the people at the very center of it tells me exactly why you guys are so successful. And and John is this way too. And he will be annoyed that I'm bringing this up, but we'll be working, you know, at like two in the morning and texting back and forth. And we have 42 things we need to do. And then John will just get a light bulb moment of something he thinks we need to do. 
and we'll talk about it for 20 minutes, you know, back and forth. And then we'll just say, yeah, we'll do that in like 2031 or something <laughs> like that. We're putting it on the back burner. But I think that that is just like creative energy. And if we're not having those conversations, we can't just be in the grind of, you know, and I, I think this is true for nonprofits. We can't be in the grind of just churning out our outputs. You know, we need to take time to be creative, to remember our why, to remember who we're doing it for. And we need to embrace this dream equality because, again, we talk about mindsets a lot. I mean, that abundance and creative mindset is only going to lend us to doing more and more and getting better and better. So great answer. Love it. Okay, mm-hmm. Max, we ask all of our guests, what's their one good thing? And so that could be a secret to your success or a piece of advice to help move the needle. What's that for you? The first thing that jumps to mind is uh, something that you may be familiar with. I'm, I don't know, but the audience uh, is Inbox Zero. I don't know if you've ever heard of the okay. sort of Inbox Zero philosophy. This is, the, this is the like end every day with no emails in your inbox idea, right? Yeah, kind of. it doesn't have to necessarily end every day with with no emails, but that's generally the idea. Yeah, is basically like instead of having like unlimited emails all the time, marking as read, unread folders, systems, um, you basically archive everything or you snooze it for later. So you can sort of block off periods of time to do email, but it almost turns your email into more of a to-do list that you kind of control on your own time. I've turned off email notifications. I basically have like morning, middle, night time where I just go on my email and yeah, it's more like a to-do list. I've actually created a filter where this is a fun one. Anything that says unsubscribe in the email, I'll just put into a newsletters folder so that pretty much anything that's actually more like a personal email. I'm getting that right into my box, which Gmail might filter that differently. So maybe that's not so novel, but the point is inbox zero has totally changed my like approach to work and to email where everything is more like I kind of control my destiny when it comes to email. It's not like notification respond and that at some un- un- undetermined time. So Max, how can listeners connect with you? How can they connect with Mr. Butter? How can they connect with princess butter pup? Like give us all <laughs> of the social channels and the websites. Yes. Uh, so Butterpop, most importantly, is I think uh, on Instagram at princess dot and then it's Butterpup. Her name is Buttercup, but we went with Butterpup. I think it was taken, but, we, you know, I like Butterpup. It's clever. Um, and then givebutters, givebutter.com. I'm at max at givebutter.com. It's my email. Please reach out. Don't use the word unsubscribe. Um, and yeah, I love to connect. Twitter, LinkedIn, anywhere. Um, I'm I'm definitely... Uh, in a place where I, I just love hearing from people. So if anything I said resonated, you have a question, you want to chat, just reach out and I'd love to I'd love to hear from you. John, when a CEO gives his personal email address away to a mass audience, you know that people matter most to them. So thank 100%. you for that personal email and we will try not to do anything with it, Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are so great. We just yeah. love, love the people that you are. We love the the ethos that you are permeating throughout all of your business. And um, yeah, for anyone that's listening that has some curiosity about how to take your crowdfunding to the next level or to even start it. I mean, this is such a great starting point for you and to know that it was founded by really good humans who want to do some good in the world. I mean, that just makes it so easy. I think for somebody that has a nonprofit mission and then we're not getting kickbacks either friends. We're just saying, if you feel stuck in a platform that you can't leverage, 
just set up a profile and use it for a campaign and see how it goes. Because I remember being on inside a nonprofit and feeling like we're so locked into our long-term contracts that you felt stifled of what you could try, but you don't have to feel like that. You know, this is an incredible value proposition for listeners. So thanks for being here, Max. Every time we talk, we feel boosted. So appreciate you. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. It's truly, I love what y'all are doing. And and, uh, like you said, it's, it's, such an honor to be able to work in this space. And I hope that GiveWutter is a resource, but also just um, in the content we provide, the tools we provide, sign up. If it works for you, great. If not, no commitment. So um, give it a shot. And uh, I know this is your podcast, but plugging for just, we are for good. Just everything you're doing. If you're not already subscribed to their newsletter, subscribe. If you're not listening to podcasts, (laughs) you saw it on, you know, LinkedIn posts and you're not following on the iTunes or Spotify or wherever, go do that. They're, they're awesome putting out amazing content. Thanks, oh, Max. Max. You got to stop the, best. the people first. Our heads are not going <laughs> to get much. out the door. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. We appreciate you. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's conversation. We hope Max has given you plenty of inspiration to explore how crowdfunding can be leveraged by the rabid fans who love your mission. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission. That's why we'd love for you to join our good community. It's our own free social network, a place to meet new friends, find inspiration, and help you when you're stuck. Sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing. If you love what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us. Thanks, friends. Our production hero is at the same level of awesome as Mr. Butter, Julie Confer. It's an honor. Our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.